Hello, welcome to a creepy, spooky special edition of Retrospection. It's time for eerie thrills and spooky chills because Paul is bought around. He moves like lightning and quickly reburies his wallet back underground. There it stays, in its coffin it lays, only once a year is it seen on that dark and ghastly spooky night that they call Halloween. Wow. My name's Colin. And I've had a little turbulence all day. I I don't quite know what to say, though. And I'm Paul, and what kind of a man would be interested in stuff like this? You? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, also using the term man. (laughs) What are you saying? Nothing. All right, good, good, good. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So this time we're haunting the first episode of Friday the 13th, the series. That ran for three seasons from 1987. Three. Count them. Three seasons. Oh, trust me, I did. <laughs> IMDb says, Two cousins, Ryan and Dillian and Mickey Foster, inherit an antiques shop from their uncle. Together with his partner, they must track down cursed objects that the devil-worshipping uncle had created. The first object is a demonic killer doll. Well, that's pretty accurate, I would say. Well, I don't, I don't know. It says objects that the devil-worshipping uncle had created. He didn't create the objects. No, that is true. He didn't create the objects. No, no. For, no for, from no. what we gather, from There's what we gather in the episode, enough. doesn't Jack Marshak give him the objects or procure them for him? Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yes. But then he makes them to Mike. Yes. Mm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Not even the writers. <laughs> Okay. The the plot synopsis made me think of Warehouse Thirteen. Oh, it it makes it makes you think of lots of different things, doesn't it? N- not not the least of which is probably um, from Beyond the Grave, which we covered in a previous episode. Yes, yes, yes. But I I read that and I started watching. I leaned back and I went, I wish I was watching Warehouse Thirteen. Well, that, that's 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 entirely your your opinion, Colin. Mm-hmm. This episode, and I guess the series two, stars John D. LeMay as Ryan mm-hmm. Dillion, Louise Roby as Mickey Foster, Chris Wiggins as Jack Marshak, Ergie Armstrong as Louis Fondredy, Sarah Polly as Murray. So, does this series have any connection to the film? Um, yeah, well, John D. LeMay... Um, he actually starred as a completely different character in Friday the 13th, Jason Goes to Hell. So I guess that's a link. Ah. That's a link. But, um, I mean, the interesting, the interesting thing was that um, it, it wasn't actually originally going to be called Friday the 13th anyway, this show. Oh, what was it supposed to be called? Originally, the title was going to be um, The 13th Hour, but um, the producer, Frank Mancuso Jr., changed it just to trade off on the movie franchise. On, on the on the on the recognition that the, the the movie franchise would have. Also, what does the thirteenth hour mean? It doesn't mean anything, does it? No, it's, it's a terrible title. Yeah. Okay. There, there was going to be there was going to be an episode at some point towards the end of the series because they planned for a uh, five seasons rather than three, and um, I, was, I was very the, optimistic. In the, in the, <laughs> I know. <laughs> In in the last season, they were going to have a cursed object, w- which would turn out to be Jason's hockey mask. Ah, uh, okay. 
But that never materialised, obviously, because it got cancelled. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when this was shown in the UK? Wasn't it like half eleven at night on ITV? Oh, if it was lucky, it was half eleven. Yeah, it was very late at night on a Friday night. Uh, sometimes it, it like was that. three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like sometimes just before Hitman and her. Yeah, and I was probably watching it. Yeah, probably. You come back from a pub and you sat there mm-hmm. in a state similar to now. These episodes probably looked amazing back then. They don't look amazing now. <laughs> Although we'll get into that in a bit. Yes, we will. We will. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other little tidbits? Um, well, apparently the level of violence in the series, um, it, it did push the envelope for the time and it caused quite a bit of controversy, um, especially amongst the quote unquote crusaders of the time. What, the actual crusaders? The crusaders, I mean, yeah, crusaders they were still around. Were out beheading people and stabbing <laughs> and... Yeah, I mean, they should be used to it, really. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing was that they they took against it instantly because they believed it was an extension of the movie series and they hadn't even seen a single episode. Oh, okay. So they were thinking, how dare you do a TV version of this horror film? Exactly, exactly. Um, the series was cancelled abruptly during the 20th episode of season three. Um, so apparently they never got to, to have closure, mm-hmm. although they did plan closure. But but they never got to do it in the end, right? And that was that that was kind of something that happened a lot back then, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Shows would come and go quite quickly. That's true, especially these ones of this type. Of this type, yeah. Which is um, very cheap, shot on video, and we would see them on ITV in the middle of the night. I'm thinking the War of the World series, Highwayman. Definitely, Fre- uh, Freddy's Nightmares. That was another one as well. Yeah, yeah they, they they came and went quite quite quickly. Although not this one, three years apparently. And I'm pretty sure that in in our, in the UK we only saw season one. Um, maybe if they rerun it, but I know it was still on ITV in 1991, and it ended in 1990. I would suspect that ITV probably just kept rotating the same episodes. So. Maybe. I can't imagine that they bought they bought three seasons of this. Oh, I think Can they you? did. Yes, because they needed content at this point. They had just started in like I think around eighty nine. They just started this extended hours because ITV used to finish at midnight, um, and so they now extended up to five a.m. They had no shows. They had so they were so doing. They were buying any, any, yes. anything and everything that was going. Yeah, because they were oh, doing right, U.S. Okay. Top Forty and Hitman <laughs> and Her. That. Things yeah. like that. And so they needed stuff. The, the movie top ten. Yes. So I think this was yeah. just one. I think they bought it all. And they probably did. Sh- I think they showed it all. Okay. All right. Um, the series was filmed in Toronto. Um, but it, it doubled for Chicago. Oh, is that where it's supposed to be? Okay. It's supposed to be Chicago, apparently. Yeah. Ah. Um, they did episodes that dealt with time travel, demonic possession. And they even did an episode... Um, and this is <laughs> this this is bizarre. Uh, that featured a possessed mulcher. Do you know what a mulcher is? It turns trees into paper, like mulches it up, and or yes. compost as well. Yes. A possessed okay. mulcher. How's that a threat? What does it do? What's its like? 
I don't understand how that would be a problem. Oh, I can't stop mulching. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mulch away. Apparently it was. It was a problem. All right. Um, the third season premiere was originally broadcast as a two-hour TV movie. Um, but John DeLamay wanted to leave after season two, surprisingly. But um, he made an arrangement to appear in the season three premiere um, just to give his character some sort of closure. Well, that's nice of him. We'll talk about yeah. it. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of the people in this. Oh, yes, we will. Um, Each episode had a 10-day production schedule. I mean, the fact that they needed 10 days to knock this out is is quite surprising, really. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of effects, maybe. Is there? Well, I mean, mean, you know, they're attempted effects. I was going to say, where were they? I didn't see any. There's there's some in this first one. (laughs) Can you call them effects? Really? I'm being generous. They look like something from 1972's Doctor Who, with, you know, but not as good. Oh, that's harsh. It is harsh. To Doctor yeah. Who. I know, I know. Um, and the only other thing is that uh, I found that David Cronenberg directed an episode, apparently. Oh, was he slumming it that week? He must have been. He must have been desperate. Maybe he just likes working in that genre. Oh, oh wait, he's, he's Canadian, though, right? He is, yeah. Ah, okay. It was just a job, I would imagine, in yeah. between doing the stuff that he really wanted to do. Yeah, pays the bills. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get on with the show. A piano plays, and we float through a keyhole into a gothic room filled with antiques. Lightning flashes outside as we drift across various objects. We come to rest on something that looks like a crystal. The title, Friday the 13th, appears. The crystal shatters, and the Friday the 13th words are transformed into orange with the series added underneath, just in case you've mistaken these top quality effects for one of the films. <laughs> well, it could be, it could be, you know, some people might. I, yeah. I'll tell you what this, 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 um, this title sequence reminded me of. Uh, do, you remember Man- do you remember Mancuso FBI? Oh gosh, yes, it was like a Miami Vice replacement after Miami Vice had finished. That's right. Do you remember the opening credits where the camera would, would, would zoom around his office? Oh, yes, of stuff and his gun and his badge. And yeah. Be yes, yeah. yes, I do. Yeah, reminded me of that. Doesn't Sledgehammer have a similar opening sequence? I can't remember. I can't oh. remember. No. Okay. But yeah, um, but yeah um, I mean, that's a deep pull, isn't it? Mancuso yeah. FBI. <laughs> yes. I like that show at the time. Never seen it. So did since. I. Yeah, so did I. Hmm. Yeah. We black out after the credits. Or maybe I did. <laughs> Who knows? It's a mystery, much like much like the, 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 the stories in this uh, oh, yeah, yeah. show. I'm yeah. gonna ask you about that. Okay. I want an explanation. You want an explanation? From you. Yes. What, regarding this episode? Yes. All right, okay. I'll I'll do my best. I'll do my best. The camera pans across the street as the episode title appears. The Inheritance. It's still nighttime and it's still raining. Two people cross the street as the ever-present lightning knifes across the sky. They seek cover from the rain under the sign of an antique store. Seems like it's been raining for a while. Not sure why these people are not prepared for this weather. (laughs) 
It's Chicago. Remember. Is Does it? Does it rain a lot in Chicago? Uh, isn't it called the Windy City? Not sure it's called the Rainy City. All right, okay. Just go with it. Okay. We're back in the store now. The camera moves along until we see a man. He seems agitated and slams an old book shut. The bell downstairs jangles and a woman and a man and a child enter. The proprietor tells him they're closed, but she argues that the sign on the door says he's open until 8pm. The proprietor says he has to do inventory. The man replies that they thought they'd browse and dry off. Reluctantly, the proprietor lets them stay. The mother tells her daughter that she doesn't want to peep out of her and not to touch anything. This girl outacts her mother with just a look. <laughs> she she is pretty bad, but then again, it, 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 in a whole episode of bad performances, where do you start? Well, we'll talk about that one too. <laughs> I got I got to say as well that this this guy that runs this store, this this uh, Louis Vondredy guy, needs to be a bit firmer with his customers, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's doing inventory. Oh, just come in, fine. He's not but, even looking what they're doing. But also, take the sign off your door. That is true. That that is the f- that is that is a, a classic mistake. That is. And lock the door. Lock the door. Yeah, yeah. I I have to say as well. I've been in shops like this, you know, but they're usually wall to wall comics and vintage Mego figures. <laughs> they look a lot well, like this shop there. For for a reason, I thought you were going to say wall to wall gag balls and dildos. But you went with that. Well, those two, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. They're in the niche corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to go through the the weird little curtain to get to that bit. That you fight as you go through. That's right, because it's usually beads. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anal beads. <laughs> well, I, I thought they smelled a bit funny, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hope you washed them, especially these days. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't know what you're catching. No, well, we do. It's all over the news, pal. <laughs> Have you not been paying attention? I, I thought there was something going on, yeah. Yeah. The mother and father wander off. The little girl sees a spinning top and starts it spinning. The proprietor tells her no. She opens a jack-in-the-box. He tells her that the things are not meant to be played with. All right, but the toys. If you don't want people to touch them, don't put them on display. In fact, don't open an antique store. What you really should do is put these objects in... Uh, Hmm. I don't know. A warehouse. Give the warehouse a number. Hmm. <laughs> do you think they? Do you think that they were aware of this when they when they did Warehouse Thirteen? Do you think that they're they they're aware of this this show? Yes, I think I think so. Okay, all right. I think they were like, look, what you can do with charismatic actors. <laughs> well, if you had charismatic actors. Yes, that's what. Uh, I'm, yes. <laughs> Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. What you can really achieve? I don't know. There's one or two actors in this that have got some good points. Are you being rude, Paul? No. Mm. We'll see. Mm. The parents tell the daughter off. We learn her name is Mary. You really should listen to your mother, says to Dad. She's not my mother, says Mary. At first I thought, uh-oh, she doesn't know she's acting. She's forgotten where she is. But, no, it turns out her real mother is dead. And she continues. The woman asks if the father is going to let Mary talk to her like this. I mean, it's basically a stereotypical stepmom deal here. She, she is. I mean, in, 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 a, in, a, in a show of one-dimensional characters, 
she's not she's barely one dimensional really yeah she's 0.5 dimensional that's right yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna get technical yeah. about it yeah but he says to his wife who's called irene that murray will be good and then it distracts irene with her music box yes he's like oh look at look at look at the twinkly object well it works with kids trust me no, but he distracts his wife that way. Yeah, well, I'm saying it works with kids. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. The proprietor climbs the stairs, watching Mary as he goes. Mary sees a doll. She smiles and picks it up. She looks, sees her parents, her distracted. She runs and takes a doll outside, unseen by anybody. She runs across the street, and two guys working on a car watch her. She pulls a string at the back of the doll, and it laughs. Mary loves it. She pulls the string again. Hello, Mary. My name is... And I've no idea what name this doll says. It sounded like she said, Hello, my name is Pedo. <laughs> or it might have been Peter, which puts a very different spin on the show. Let's just call it Devil Doll or The Doll. Okay. But speaking of pedos, I think there's a couple coming up. Is there? Well, these two mechanics are a bit shifty, aren't they? Anyway, Mary's surprised. You can talk. I can do lots of things. So can you. We're going to be the best of friends. The two mechanics approach her and ask her where her parents are. Mary says they better leave them alone. You have a smart little mouth, says one of the mechanics. You can have anything you want, whispers the doll. Somehow, the doll slices the neck of one of the mechanics. Um, yeah, uh... Explain, yeah. Mm. Now it's cut in such a way that you can't see what's happening because clearly they went. How does this work? <clears throat> what's it saying the script? Just says doll slices mechan- with what? Oh, I don't know. Just just do a fast cut back of the doll, throw it at the guy, and it'll be fine. And then just do some blood. But the thing is, though, I mean, all this doll's done so far is look out for this little girl's well-being. Because those two men were up to no good, is what you're Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, see it that way. Makes yeah. sense. So the doll's a hero. Well, in, in in this episode, it could well be. I mean, we're, we're I mean, we're, mm. we're 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 lacking for anything resembling a hero in this episode, <laughs> really, aren't we? That's true. There's no nice people. Not really. No. No. Okay. So uh, Mary then runs back into the antique store. We see the proprietor placing his book back into a safe that is in the floor. As Mary returns, her father asks where she's been, that they are worried about her. Irene is more annoyed about Mary's dress being ruined. And then, to like calm things down, the father asks how much is the doll, but the proprietor snatches it away. It's not for sale. Nothing in here is for sale. Okay. You know what? Nothing in my apartment is for sale. And do you know how many people wandering asking to buy my things? Nobody. And do you know why? Because I don't slap an antique store on the door and make it a shop. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure I understand this guy's business model. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nothing for sale. Don't make it exactly. a shop. Yes, absolutely. Make it a um, place that store things, like <laughs> a warehouse. <laughs> yeah, you're you're really going for this one, aren't you? <laughs> He tells them, get out, quick, quickly, get out. Ah, he's my kind of store owner. He puts the doll and other stuff in a sack 
heads down to the basement. He opens a strong door and upon the star his windows are blown out. The wind throws objects around. Meanwhile, this man pulls the doll out of the sack. He puts it on a shelf, then goes through a heavy door, shutting it behind him. There's wooden steps and flame-like footprints appear moving downwards. At least, I think that's what they're supposed to be. I thought it was a nice effect. We hear hot... I, I thought it was a nice effect. It was a, it was a nice practical effect. Like, like puff of flame from a step? Well, yeah. I, I thought it looked good. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> we hear a hollow laugh, and now the footprints appear to be hooves. The man screams and runs away. Oh, he hates fiery hoof. Oh, he does, and it's a scream as well. It is. It it's is. the one I've seen you do. It's, it's some of the finest scream acting I think I've seen. Mm. He tries to get out of the room. They just went in for no reason at all. We cut to keys on a typewriter, randomly typing. Probably the script for this show. <laughs> maybe if they hit enough of those keys, it'll make sense. <laughs> or maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> We cut to barometer and we see on a thermometer, not a barometer, but a thermometer, mm -hmm. those are different. Barometer gives pressure, thermometer gives temperature. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you for that. <laughs> I didn't know, didn't know we were doing... That, that was what our podcast is now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barometer or thermometer. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Which is it? <laughs> only good for one episode, though, really. Yeah, yeah, because there's only two objects. Come on, Paul, what is it? What is it? What is it? Come on. Barometer. Oh, we have a winner. Thank you. On the thermometer, we see that the temperature is a rising. It's a rising, is it? Mm -hmm. All right, very classical, but a, pia a piano starts to play. Mm -hmm. The doll begins to move. Mm. The heavy door opens, and we see ghosts flying through the portal. Although. It seems to be ghosts of appliances. It is. It's, uh, I think I see old radio and um, what was some of the other things? A pogo stick or something? <laughs> I don't know. Just objects. What? Do they have spiritual afterlives? Well, it's all the cursed objects, isn't it? I suppose. Ah, I see. I see. What? The, he's cursed. Yes, I think so. Yes. So what 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 would okay. be the most mundane cursed object that he could sell? Do you think feather duster? Feather duster. Uh, what year are we in, Paul? <laughs> I've got a feather duster. Have you? I have. I'm yeah. sure you have. Yeah. You like to do a little bit of feather duster? I do. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it, yeah. it could tickle you to death. That could be its curse. That it tickles you to death. Yeah. Obviously, it would only work if it was held by Ken Dodd, but. All right, so now we've got a ghostly Ken Dodd mm -hmm. with a tickling stick. You're telling me that that wouldn't scare the shit out of you. I don't even think I need the tickling stick to be scared at that <laughs> point. <laughs> Would you? Not really, no. I mean, he was kind of scary no. when he was alive. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, he, he was famous for his, like, what, five-hour concert, so it would be a very slow death. <laughs> the man continues to scream a cross appears merciful god he says and grabs it but the cross burns his hand he staggers backwards into a cargo lift with the big wooden shutters that come down the lift starts to rise a symbol burns into the floor 
The man, for some reason, grabs the side of the elevator, which then electrifies him. But there's no floor, and he falls down the red and burning elevator shaft, and it fades to black. The end of the episode. You wish. <laughs> so what's going on here, Paul? <clears throat> well, he's obviously he's he's decided that he doesn't want to to uh, the, the 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 pact that he's made with the devil. Um, he doesn't want to to carry on with it anymore, and um, hence why he's picking up all the 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 cursed objects and putting them in the sack, and he's going to lock them in the vault, and he's he's screaming no more, no more as he's doing it. So the devil says, "Oh, you know what? You you've reneged on your deal. I'm going to have you now." So he sucks him down to hell. Ah, okay. So putting them in a sack in a locked room that stops these objects. No, obviously it doesn't. Demonic power. Okay, well. Only the ones that he's actually locked away. Maybe it's a special, right. a special um, vault. Objects. Oh, it's a special vault. Yeah. yeah. Maybe okay. maybe he's, he's he's inscribed mystic runes on the walls. I mean, we yeah. don't see them. I mean, obviously, but you know. no. Okay. Yeah. You see, that works, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, yeah, okay. that works for me. It's fine. So we cut to a promenade, shots of outdoor restaurants, and then we cut to two 80s-style yuppies. That's <laughs> one way of putting it, yes. <laughs> the guy is upset because his partner won't be going with him on a company picnic because she has somewhere else to go. She says she'll be back in time, and he says good because he's going to announce her engagement at the picnic. But why is he so angry? She's just She says she's going to be back in time. He's angry because of one important factor. What's that? He's an 80s stereotype. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's the he's the yuppie um, business guy. Yeah. What kind of loser announces their engagement at a works party? <laughs> People don't care at a works party. They're just there for the hot dogs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, getting engaged. Oh, really? That's nice. Who's that? <laughs> I think that's Bob. I think he's a lawyer on, you know, on floor 13. I don't know. Like, why is he telling me he's getting engaged? Oh, maybe he's pleased about it. It's like... Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. you got to say as well that as far as she's concerned, uh, her's doing about 90% of the performance, isn't it? I was thinking Carol Decker to pal. It's huge, isn't it? It? Yeah, it's some yeah. of the biggest her I've ever seen, and I've seen some her. Obviously, not. <laughs> yeah, well, not recently. Not recently, no. But <laughs> no, not for thirty years. <laughs> oh, he agrees. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that her had its own trailer. It it, it would certainly need uh, an entourage, wouldn't it? I think. Yeah. Yeah, do you think they had to hold up filming because the her wouldn't leave the trailer? Yeah, it was it was it was throwing a throwing a bit of a hissy fit that day. Yes, yeah. 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 The guy says it behooves you to be there. Behoove. Behooves. Mm. I wonder how many times they had to do that line because this guy's never used that word in his life. He, he probably doesn't even know what it means. Probably doesn't. Yeah. He starts to apologise, but he wishes she'd get this down antique store business over with. Aha! A plot! Were It's coming. But now we get some serious exposition because the giant her lady says, 
I don't know why this Uncle Lewis left me with the store. I haven't even met him, let alone his cousin that I'm supposed to be sharing everything with. <laughs> and and she says it almost exactly the way that you did it as well. <laughs> are you are you implying that she's slightly wooden, Colin? As, it's one of my issues with this episode. Is there's um, something to say at the end of the roundup? Right. Okay, don't spoil now. it then. Don't spoil it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's keeping people on tender hooks. I'm sure. Yeah, because they've no idea where we're going with this at all, have they? Well, one could go one way, the other could go the other direction. It's very true. Yes. The kiss. Maybe I could see your cousin for more than half the inheritance, and I can get in some litigation experience. She rolls her eyes, as do I, but for a very different reason. What would that be? Well, is this supposed to be a joke? Are we supposed to go? Ah, ah, ah. I, I would imagine. Look at that guy. I would imagine that's the uh, that's that's that that's the case. Yes. Mm, mm. I didn't. <laughs> so I gather. Yes. Did you? No. Okay. No. We cut to this woman arriving in a taxi at the antique store. So, she you, grabs uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Are you just going to keep describing her as this woman? No, I was going to introduce her name when Ryan finds out. Oh, right, okay, okay. You're going, all right, okay. All right, carry on. Playing it like the episode does. Okay, all right. Wait, well, you sat there going, who is this woman? No. That he keeps mentioning. No, I just thought, are you going to carry on referring to her as this woman the whole way through? (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm just going to call her as Big Her. Big Her. The entire episode. (laughs) Big Her and short trousers. Yes. (laughs) That's how you like them, right? <laughs> she enters the antique store and calls out, Hello? Anybody here? She glances around at the stuffed animal heads on the wall and she heads up the stairs. She pulls a sheet revealing a grotesque statue. She rubs the dust from her hands. There's a scream and a figure and a mask jumps up. She panics, grabs an object and smashes him over the head. Turns out, this is the cousin, Ryan. Ryan the Lion. Yes. Now, is this possibly one of the most annoying characters you've ever seen in anything? Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad it's not just me. We'll learn that the woman's name is Mickey Michelle Foster. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. They shake hands. Ryan likes the place. Mickey finds there's no electricity, and she also tries to call her fiancé, but the phone is not working. It'll be connected tomorrow when the electricity is turned on. Ryan says it seems she had a little turbulence on her flight. Mickey says she's had turbulence all day. But which which sucks because the toilet's out of order as well. <laughs> Ryan finds a spiked cage and Mickey wonders what kind of man would be interested in this stuff. Yes. Don't look at me like that. Oh, I, I, right. I thought you'd know. Yeah, yeah, well, carry on. Uh, and she wonders why they would leave it to them. She grabs a flashlight and heads into the shop with Ryan leering at her from behind. So, so they're cousins, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Shall we leave that one there? Like you wouldn't. Like I wouldn't what? If you were a cousin. <laughs> that's a... That's a... That's a... I take issue with that one, Colin. <laughs> I, I can look at her objectively because she's not my cousin. No, you'd think it'd be a bonus because it'd make things easier. 
That's just wrong. That's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm denying. I'm, I'm not. Define. I'm not having that. That's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you could cut it out if you want. Oh, I will. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> They find a garage with a cloaked car. I mean, there's a, you know, a sheet over it. I don't mean it's cloaked. Like, it's not invisible. It, it, we're not, we're not going really strange at this we, point. We've not gone die another it's day. It's not a Romulan it's car. It's not a Romulan car, right? Okay. No. And, and die another yeah. day. That's mm-hmm. true. Because, you know. Would you look at this, he says. I would, Ryan. But this show is so dark, brown and murky... I can hardly see anything. What is it with the colour choices in this episode? It's just brown. Everything's brown. It, it looks slightly better on my DVD set that I have. <clears throat> oh, it's less brown? The version that you probably watched on YouTube. Okay. But it is still quite brown. Right. And dark All and right. murky. Do I find that a lot of, like, War of the Worlds, Highwayman, they all had this kind of really weird colour? I don't think being shot on that really cheap videotaped helped either I don't think no probably mm. didn't it, it tended it tended it tended to um to not wash everything out but kind of just make everything look um very very grungy and 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 uninteresting yeah mm. yeah and I, I, should, I guess we should point out that also back then we were seeing an NTSC conversion to POW. Yeah, and that didn't help either. So, no. Mm-hmm. no. Doesn't explain why it looks terrible now, though. <laughs> Ryan pulls the cover off, revealing a Mercedes, and Ryan gets in the driver's seat. Mickey says this place gives it the creeps, but Ryan says she should get in the back, and she does. Mm-hmm. A cat is thrown onto the back seat. I mean, jumps. They're completely on its own. Volition just jumps and meows loudly. That cat looks terrified. Wouldn't you? You'd just be chucked. You'd be sat in a box for like 12 hours while they filmed their lines and got them right. <laughs> and then some guys dragged you out, probably wearing gloves because you're scratching <laughs> and spitting, and then thrown you on a back seat of a Mercedes that you don't know why you're there. Yeah. All, and then shoved you back in a box. All probably exactly how it happened as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She screams and gets out. You know what that means? Almost certain death. Can you have something that's almost certain? Well, I suppose I'm I'm almost certain that um, I'll have a hangover tomorrow. But you're not certain. No, but I'm almost certain. To be honest, though, if it's almost certain death for these two, I'm on board. <laughs> you know what? At this point in my notes, I looked down and I wrote, God, he's annoying. Well, at this point, I was like, I assume these two are going to get killed and, like, the main characters of the show are going to come in. <laughs> well, we do get someone in a bit that, that is infinitely more interesting than either of these two. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, he's not convinced. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey heads downstairs while Ryan tells it was just a cat. I don't care, she says. Let's get down to business. <laughs> oh, show's... Got a different direction. Cousins, remember, as we've discussed. Yeah, yeah. You're up for that, aren't you? (sighs) She says... (laughs) My God. (laughs) (laughs) 
She says they should get an appraisal on the property. She sees Ryan peering through a hole in the wall and at the heavy door. Ryan says, aren't you curious to find out what we've inherited? Every nook and cranny is ours. He opens the doors and props it to stay open and then he steps in. This room appears to be filled with mm-hmm. junk. I don't know, Ryan. Something doesn't feel right about this place, says Mickey. They hear a sound from outside the room and Ryan goes to investigate. Mickey keeps looking. As Ryan leaves, the object he used to prop open the door bends like a stick of licorice and the door slams shut behind it, him. Is, it's, um, it's a golf club, isn't it? Hmm? Well, maybe it's supposed to be. It's <laughs> <laughs> a rubber, rubber golf, golf club. club. Yes. Yeah. Ryan can't get the door open. He tells Mickey not to panic. She watches as the doll starts to move. Ooh. Ryan continues to bang on the door uselessly. Inside the room, objects fall on Mickey. Then, for some reason, Mickey is now able to open the doors and burst out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't quite, I didn't, I didn't quite understand this either. Mm. Okay, maybe they were pushing them the wrong way. It's like, oh, they opened We've outwards. All done it. We've all done it in stores where we we push when we should have pulled. Yeah, yeah, we just didn't have a demonic doll chasing exactly. us. Exactly, you would just burn the doll at this point, right? Wouldn't you? If you saw a doll looking at you, just yeah. set it on if fire. It, if it turned its head of its own power and just uh, looked at you funny, you, I mean, you'd destroy it, wouldn't you? Weren't you arrested for that once in Hamleys? <laughs> just for setting I, fire I'd, to dolls? I'd stand by that day that that, that, that doll did look at me. The, the yes. dolls look... Mm-hmm. But those kind of dolls that you like, they are supposed to look at you. <laughs> Only if you switch them on, Colin. You have to turn them on. Only if you. Not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you could even turn a doll on. <laughs> oh, I can. Trust me. Hang okay. on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you? Why <are> you? <laughs> <laughs> she runs back upstairs, falls over, and grabs a banister. It turns. A book falls out of the ceiling and bounces onto the sofa. It's the book. That the proprietor was looking ooh, at. Ooh, I love oh, a secret yeah. compartment. Raise your eyebrow at me. <laughs> Ryan takes a look at it. Mickey isn't interested. She just thinks it's a ledger of everything sold. And she's still upset. She says she could have suffocated down there. I'm pretty sure the room had enough earth for the ten seconds that she was actually <laughs> I trapped. wrote the exact same thing in my in my notes. <laughs> I really did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in elevators longer than she was in that room. I think she's milking it a bit. Yeah, I've been in conversations with you longer than she was trapped in that room. And you felt like you were suffocating? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I wished for a demonic doll. <laughs> and all you got was me, eh? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Well, demonic anyway. Are you saying I'm demonic? You're a demonic... A demonic. What? <laughs> <laughs> You're a demonic alien Soviet spy. We're adding. I'm, we're adding to your uh, character as we go on. I am. I'm getting new skills every episode. This is great. This you are. Is. Yeah. 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 She mentions the doll to Ryan, and he questions her about it, but she just walks away. You really are a tight ass, aren't you? Says Ryan, which is fair enough because she's done nothing but moan since he met her. It's true. It's true, but then he's not helped himself either, has he? No, 
No. But then she seems to think that the sensible reaction to this is to throw an antique at his head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Something tells me you don't want to run this store with me, he says. She says she doesn't want the store, that she came here to sell everything off. Ryan doesn't want to. We're selling over my dead body. Yeah? Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. That's the line we're finishing on. Bet the script writers were high-fiving each other left, right and (laughs) centre. Wouldn't you? I'd be like, we're fate to black on that. No, I'd be like, don't don't you think that's a little bit of a cliche? Well, it was, what, 1989, 1990? Yeah, still a cliche. Was it? All right, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The next day, Ryan is cleaning up outside. There's a going-out-of-business sale on the door, and there are customers in the store. A man enters. He's the father of Mary that we saw at the very beginning of the episode. He asks mm-hmm. Ryan about the antique doll she was playing with. He picks it up and he's going to sell it to the guy when Mickey takes it from him. She says it's not for sale, but she can't explain why. She didn't know he had brought it up from the basement, even though it was right there on the shelf, and if she was so freaked out about it, she would have seen it. They're not observant people, really. No. no. Why, why, is, um, why is Ryan dressed like a reject from ACDC as well? He's got a long jacket on, a suit jacket, and short trousers. Everyone was wearing that in Were Chicago they? in rainy, cold weather. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I got you to explain that to me. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But Ryan insists. Later, Ryan and Mickey are down in the basement. By tomorrow, we should have everything sold, he says. Wow, it's amazing what putting a sign on the door can do. <laughs> if only Lewis had uh, <laughs> yeah he could have just sold everything yeah yeah I mean because that's what his intention was he was selling the stuff mm-hmm. until he changed his mind yeah a figure quietly enters the store a hood over his head he makes sure the bell over the door doesn't ring and then he sneaks into the store you could tell he's sneaking because he actually does that sneaking walk that you see in cartoons Yes, he does. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is good stuff, isn't it? It's fantastic. I I expected to hear... You know that sound you hear when people are sneaking on tiptoes in cartoons? It is like he stepped out of a Scooby-Doo episode. I assume the director went, you need to sneak. (laughs) And he went, oh, like this? And they're like, yeah, just like that. Well, you know, the thing is that this this actor, this... um, What was his name? Wiggins, Christopher Wiggins, Chris Wiggins, Christopher Christopher Biggins, Christopher Big, no, that's the other guy, Christopher Wiggins. Wow, he um, he, he's an actor. He was born in Blackpool, believe it or not. Oh, maybe he's going for Panto. <laughs> yes, well, he's. It's funny we should say that he's very cartoonish because he's more known for doing voiceover work in cartoons than, than anything else. Oh, okay. He, he played Thor in um, the 1966 cartoon of Thor. And he's also been in things hmm. like The Kerbers. And um, he also he, he's actually in um, Murder by Decree as well. Did you do a lot of sneaking in those? I, I would imagine so, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where he got it from. Why is he dressed like a monk as well in this? Um, I have no idea. I have no answer to that. I don't know why you're asking me. I don't I mean, I'm still pondering why he's sneaking. All right, okay. I just thought, I just thought it was strange why he was dressed like a monk. 
Maybe it's just been a bad few years. Possibly, 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 yeah. Benedictine? I bet he does. Ah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) See episode whatever whatever it was. (laughs) I can't remember. 10 to 32. (laughs) So I gave up. Down in the basement, Mickey and Ryan hear the noise and they go upstairs to investigate. What noise? He was sneaking. He was on tiptoes and everything. I saw him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Ryan picks up a weapon as they see the open door of the store. Then the figure comes from upstairs holding a sword. Drop it now, he says. So the hooded figure levels the sword and asks them who they are. It's kind of right. rich considering he's just broken into the place. Yeah, he, he, he sort of waltzes around like he owns it, doesn't he? Yeah, he broke in. He's mm-hmm. the villain. Yeah, I mean, so it seems. So it seems. Sneaking around on tiptoes. Ryan replies, who are we? Who are you? The man pulls back his hood. He's an older man, bald, with greying whiskers. Go on, get it out of your system. No, you, you don't have grey whiskers. I do a bit, actually. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell from here. Well, that's good then. Yeah, Jack, yeah. Jack Marshak, he tells them. It's, it's an interesting name. Jack Marshak? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very mysterious, very wizardy. Is it? Yeah. Which part? The Jack? The Marshak. Oh, okay. Yeah, not the Jack. I mean, no. To a penny, aren't they? Oh yeah. He goes on to tell them that he supplies the store with antiques. You've got a funny way of delivering, says Michelle. That, that's not a bad line. That's all right. If a, you know, an well, actor had delivered it. Well, yeah, it could be delivered better. Obviously, yes. Yeah, by an actor. <laughs> by an actor. <laughs> Jack tells them that he's not here to deliver, but to pick up. Turns out that Lewis used to regularly stiff Jack on payment, and he's finally come to collect his money. By sneaking in, wearing a hood on tiptoes. Is that how you do that? So he's robbing the place, basically. Yeah, it seems to be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be rifle through that cash register, isn't he? That's what he's going to do. I think he's going to use his fingers, not rifles. All right, okay. They tell Jack that Lewis was their uncle, and Jack retorts that they look too normal to be relatives of Lewis Vondredy. Give it time. Give it time. Oh, they're going to change. Well, they're not. They don't come. Well, they're not normal, are they? He, he's only just met them. Oh, okay. Then, so it's oh. like when people first meet you. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. They think you're not. They think you're normal, and then they get to know you, and they never call again. Nothing wrong with me. <laughs> where did you start drink of your little finger in the uh oh did i then i didn't realize sorry yeah yeah where'd you <laughs> i've got where'd a, you get all fancy i've got all up market you see um, oh yeah mm. too much too much time in the south i know i know i know gone soft uh, <laughs> i don't know about your problems <laughs> either that or jack just doesn't get out much well, I suppose if you do anything too much, it becomes a habit, right? All right, yeah, where are we going? Right. I feel a habit joke. No, I'm not on. going anywhere. I'm just saying, it becomes a habit. Monks, 
habits. You're going for it. I'm not. I'm not. All right. I'm not. No. They tell Jack that Lewis is dead, and he's shocked at the news. He wouldn't be shocked. He'd be like, woohoo, I just steal whatever I want. (laughs) It doesn't matter. All he's got to do is, is murder these two idiots that have confronted him in the shop, and he's well away. Yeah. 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 He's got a sword. He can do magic. Can he do magic? Well, we find out later. Although, he can do magic, don't we? What's what? What what's pulling a bunny out of a hat going to help at this point? <laughs> He's going to get it. That's the kind of magic you meant, right? <laughs> it's like, look at you two steps pulling like gloves or <laughs> doves and flags out of their ears. Pick a card, any card. Don't show it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't show it to me. <laughs> well, I steal stuff. Just turn around <laughs> and then guess the card. It's yours. So we we cut to the kitchen where Ryan and uh, Michelle seem to have invited Jack, a strange man in a monk's costume that they've just met who threatened them with a sword, for tea. Yeah, I mean, that's what you do, right? Well, I mean, I've invited worse for tea. You have? Mm. That's true. I've had you in here. Well, I haven't had you in here. I mean... I just... I'm ad-libbing. Oh, dear. Wait, you, you winced. You visibly winced at that one. You went, ooh. I, I did. Yes. I did. It's the old war wound. Is that what it is? The limp? Uh, no, not right now. <laughs> oh, really? All right. It's an exciting podcast. Who'd have thought you liked Friday the 13th, the series, this much, Colin? I know. It's going to be a surprise ending. Not really. Jack explains that he and Lewis had been boyhood friends and that he taught him his first magic and helped him with his spells. Uh, see, so the boy how they are boyhood friends. Mm-hmm. So why is he sneaking in? Well, maybe they've fallen out. He owes him. He clearly owes him a lot of money, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's a boyhood friend. So wouldn't you just go in and go, "Oi, now, bed, get you your money." Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't sneak in. Steal the money and leave. No, but maybe he's 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 become dangerous because he's done this pact with the devil. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So you think he'd like put a curse on the other guy, the could monk be. guy? Could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, right. I mean, a, a curse could. I mean, it'd be the worst thing imaginable, wouldn't it? What? Wait. What well, do you mean? Ri- a curse would be the worst. A thing curse would be the worst thing imaginable. I mean, that would really ring his bell, wouldn't it? Uh oh. I, I feel I feel I feel you know when you feel you know when you see a guy right in a war film and he's in a field and they discover there's there's mines yes. laid yeah. around the field and he's like oh my god how is he gonna get out I I feel like because we've done bell ringing we've done mm-hmm. habits we've done monks and I just feel like I'm in like a really terrible joke minefield that you're leading me into and I've got to try and get out without stepping on any of them well good luck Yeah, I don't know. Get your bayonet out. It'll be fine. What, just, just prod? Just prod. That's how you do it, isn't it? That's how they did it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. I opened his eyes to the world of spirits, he says. Whiskey, vodka, rum, you know, the usual stuff. I did a spirit yes. joke. Couldn't help myself. Good. Like it. Nope. No, you can never help yourself to spirits. <laughs> that's true. No, that's the problem. I do help myself. Yeah. That's the problem. Mm. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, he can't stop. Michelle is sceptical, but Ryan, not so much. 
Lewis was always afraid of growing old, Jack tells them, and he was passionate about his wealth. This led him to dabble in things I wanted no part of. Devil worship. Oh, yes. But enough about your part-time <laughs> habits. Let's get back to the actual episode. Apparently Ryan is familiar with it from comic books. Are comic books full of devil worshipping? Um, well, Marvel dabbled with devil worshipping for a while in the 60s and early 70s. You mean you mean in the comic books? You don't mean like as a company? Well, who knows? I mean... They're employees. You know, look at them now. Owned by Disney. Uh, okay. Well, uh, opinions are those of my co-host and not necessarily representative of myself. <laughs> Thank you. Just like to clear that up. <laughs> yeah, sure. Jack explains that Lewis talked about making a pact with the devil involving the antiques. In return, he would receive immortality. So, he would... Think about it. <laughs> or a devil it. would. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with it. I'm, I'm figuring it out. So the devil was allowed to apply demonic powers to the objects into the antique yes. store. And he would get eternal life allowing the yes. devil to do this i know where you're going with this you're going to ask me why couldn't the devil just do this without his permission yeah there's also why is he an old guy maybe he only did it when he was old he was already old yeah wow you'd be like oh, i wish i thought of this 20 years ago yeah i mean it's not like the devil can turn back the clock i mean he's not supernatural no no no, no of that's, course that's not. crazy silly that's crazy yeah yeah, yeah. I'm thinking there's maybe a few flaws in this, but all right, we'll just go. Go on. I, I will argue that the devil's all about taking people's souls, isn't he? And 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 screwing them over. So all all, all souls, like you, you, your soul, my soul, our souls, right? Oh my god! And you, and you, and you, you, you had the you had the gall to have a go at my habit joke earlier. My god! Yeah, I had a gall it because yours was written down and scripted, and mine was just off the cuff. Only one of them was. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but so maybe the devil could curse these objects at any time he wanted to, but he plays along with Lewis because he wants Lewis's soul. So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you sell me your soul, I'll give you immortality, and then I'll curse the objects. He could do that anyway, but he just wants he wants him to agree to it, and then he's got him. But why is his soul so important? Everybody's soul's important. I'm not sure yours is, but all right. <laughs> well, at least you acknowledge that I've got one. I was waiting for you to say that I didn't even have one, so, you know. Yours is a lost cause. <laughs> the puzzling thing is that if Lewis had done that, then how come he's dead now? Well, he's dead now because he turned against the yeah, devil, well, Yeah, like yeah, yeah but early. they don't know that. That's what they're puzzling about in the kitchen, isn't it? Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, you, you, sorry, I thought this was you actually no, no, no. ruminating <laughs> no. on the plot. No, I, I, I am following <laughs> the quote-unquote story. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> yes. You, you, you're in character. Yes. Sorry, yes. I didn't know. Oh, oh, wait, we're always in character. We are. We're nothing like this in real yeah. life, are we? No. no, no. You're even more of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, says Jack, Lewis left some kind of a record about what he did with his antiques. Well, would you know it? <gasps> that book? Yeah. 
So they show Jack the manifest. Jack points out that Lewis was a fan of secret compartments and uncovers another one. Another secret compartment. I was happy. That contains newspaper clippings about disasters relating to the antiques that were sold. For a minute, when you said he was a fan of, I thought he was going to say S Club 7. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know where he was going for a second. I was confused. No, he's, de- not, he's demonic, but he's not that bad. Oh, he's not evil. He's not evil. Truly I mean, that's evil. just true. It's, no. That's, that's, no. A weather vane that killed a priest. A ball gown that combusted and burned a woman alive. No, no... Uh, Phantom Mulcher yet, though. No news of that one. That's coming. No, 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 that comes later. Lewis made the Devil's Pact. Turns out that Lewis tried to get out of the deal, and the Devil took his life. Mm. Although you think the Devil would just, like, do something to him so he continued. Seems like the Devil's just ruined his whole plan now. He's like, oh, I can't use the antique store anymore. Well, I guess I've tried these two. I suppose he'd continue with these two. But, but, well, I mean, they're still cursed, aren't they? The objects are still cursed, clearly, because they spend three seasons trying to get them all back. That's true. Mm. Good point. Yep, didn't think it through. You're right. Yeah, you, you have to work hard on the, on Friday the 13th, the series, Colin. You do? Yeah. Surprising yeah. how deep it That's is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I think because I'm still... Th- considering the fact that the Phantom Mulcher sounds like one of those specialist films that you used to watch, but it just threw me off a bit. But I, I, I'm okay. I'll get back to Mulcher, it. Mulcher, Colin. Mulcher. Oh! Okay. I've been mishearing you all this time. And now the antiques remain cursed. All the ones that Lewis previously sold and all the ones that Michelle and Ryan sold. Like the doll. It, it, yeah. it is a, a, a fun premise for a TV show, isn't it? I don't, it is! The fact that they have to go back and find these... Every episode, they, they're trying to get back one of these... It, 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 yes. It's a way of doing yes. a... Co- yeah. each, each ep- Sorry, go on. Yes, each episode, they have to find an object and return it to the storage place is an excellent idea for a show. And I've seen it done very well, too. Oh, what would that be? <clears throat> I don't know, uh... Warehouse 13. <laughs> but th- th- this is kind of like... Um, it- it's kind of like those horror anthology movies, but with an overarching story, which is uh, these two idiots. Yeah. Trying to... yeah, 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 yeah. Like another show. Yeah, yeah all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, all right. But this is horror-themed. Well, that's sci-fi. Super... Well, I'm not... Yeah, we could discuss that in another podcast. Right. <laughs> what, when we do Warehouse 13? <laughs> I don't think I we don't, can. No, I don't we think can't. It's, is it before? No. No, it doesn't fit into so our ne- remit. It'll never happen. It? No. Although this this technically doesn't fit into our remit. Why not? Well, the idea is it's supposed to be something that we love all watched back then. Mm. Is it nostalgia that makes it love us now? I didn't watch this back then. I didn't care about it back then. Don't care about it now. You know, I- so how does this fit into our whole thing? No one cares about you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, that's how it All right. I see. I see your point, pal. Fair okay. enough. Michelle recalls the doll turning its head and looking at her, and we cut to Murray unwrapping the doll that her father has bought for her. Murray's thrilled, but he suggests that they keep it a secret from the evil stepmother, the evil one-dimensional stepmother. 
Yeah, I don't think he uses the term evil stepmother, though. No, he says your mother. But she is. Yeah, yeah. She is. That's all she is. We... Oh, yeah, yeah. Murray runs upstairs, and when they are alone, the doll begins to speak again, telling Murray that she can do more for her, especially regarding her stepmother. Later, the stepmother is berating the father for buying Murray the doll. When she married him, she says that that girl was incredibly spoiled... The dad tries to justify his actions by telling her that Murray had just lost her mother and he was trying to make up for it. What, did he kill her? Yeah, maybe. Wow. <gasps> that puts a spin on yeah, it. And that's why he's so guilty about it. But the stepmother isn't having any of that and goes upstairs determined to take charge of the situation. Murray has been sitting at the top of the stairs with the doll listening, looking evil. I mean, she looks evil. And the doll. Wait, the doll? The doll and Murray. They both look evil at this point, don't they? Yeah. You think Mary looks evil? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, all right. Pretty determined about that. Okay. Back at the shop, Michelle and Ryan find the address of the couple that bought the doll, leaving Jack to further investigate the manifest. He knows a tarot card reader that may be able to help, and this doesn't come back ever, does it? Jack going off to talk to his tarot card reader friend. Not in this episode, does it in later ones? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you do know it's not too late to go home and pretend none of this ever happened, Jack points out. And we're all thinking that, Jack, right? Yeah. That would have been mm-hmm. good, wouldn't it, if they just went, you know what, you're right, see ya. Yeah, get back in the car. Yeah, she goes correct. and gets married. Not sure what Ryan would do. No, who knows? Die, maybe, hopefully. Yeah, credits roll. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. But Michelle is determined to get the doll back. Back at the house, Murray is having a tea party with her dolls and the devil doll. Are you having fun? It, oh, I'll do it properly. Oh, Are you one. having fun? Are you having fun? No, isn't it Murray that asks? Are you having fun? No, it whispers. No, I'm Mary sure asks. Mary asks the doll if she's having fun. Oh, I'll do it as a child. Are you oh, having yeah. fun? <laughs> oh, is, that, is that as a child? I'm working on my voice acting. You see, that's oh, yeah. what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. It was great. Mm, It's better than this episode. (laughs) Then goes on to tell Murray that her stepmother needs to be punished for being so mean. The mother enters and instantly starts to give Murray shit. (laughs) That's what I wrote. All right, fair enough. I don't hate you, she says. Never a good lead-in for any conversation, I find. No, if I was the kid, I'd be like, yeah, well, you know... I wish I could share that sentiment, but... (laughs) But I don't like the way that you've been acting, she says. Oh, nobody likes the way anybody's been acting. (laughs) (laughs) Murray offers to clean up her room, but the mother says it's too late. You left your bicycle out on the driveway again. Jesus, this woman's hard. She says that she's going to take away her new doll for a week. Murray freaks out. They run out onto the landing and the mother snatches the doll away, banishing Mary to her room and then sneakily hides the doll in a cupboard. But not on tiptoes. Not on tiptoes. No, that's where she that's where she slips up, you see. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The mother heads downstairs, not realising that Murray has been watching through a crack in the door. Michelle and Ryan are driving. Are you sure you know what you're doing? He asks her. She isn't. At least that's one oh. thing we have in common, he quips. Back at the house, Murray takes the doll out from the clever cupboard hiding place. It's not that clever, but you're being sarcastic, I assume. 
I, I am being sarcastic, yeah. yes. But the stepmother sees her and angrily goes to take the doll away. Murray and the doll share a look. Did the mother not think it was weird when the doll turned its head all by itself? I think she reacts, doesn't she? She, she reacts in a minute. She doesn't react straight away, though, does she? Well, maybe she can't believe what she sees. I mean, if you if you saw a doll turn its head, you'd think the girl was doing it, right? Yeah, I suppose. All right. I just didn't expect you to defend it, but that's fine. Oh, yeah, i got to defend this excellent piece of drama. All right. I mean, and if you, if you suddenly saw a doll appear, you'd assume it was me, right? You wouldn't assume it was the doll doing it. Well, I bloody hope so. Yeah. I, I, ho- I would hope so, yes. Then, a roller skate that was just sat on the landing slowly wheels itself behind the woman. So the doll can move things with its mind now, can it? Yes, and you say suddenly was left on the landing. We already established that she just leaves things laying around. That's true. So it's good writing, is what you're saying. Let's not go overboard. <laughs> Slowly, Murray advances on her stepmom, holding the doll out at arm's length. Finally, the woman twigs that, you know, something isn't quite right here. Yep, yep, yep. Finally gets it. The doll suddenly hisses at her. She screams, steps back onto the roller skate, and Frank Spencer's herself all the way down the staircase. <laughs> And then she goes out the door, she goes down the street, <laughs> grabs a boss. That would be something. It would be, yeah. yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, this is entertaining now. I, Trump, did, I, I didn't see that coming. I can't see it's all brown. But <laughs> <laughs> So we cut outside the house later and an ambulance crew are taking the injured stepmother away. Michelle and Ryan arrive asking neighbours what happened. She fell down the stairs. It's awful, they say. Such a nice family. Have they not met the mother then, or seen their incredibly freaky child? I would assume that the mother puts on an act. Ah, oh, it's one of those. Yeah. Smiles in public, slaps in, in private. Yeah, okay. Oh. Sounded like you had experience. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing, no deep hidden trauma there. No, it's fine. Oh, all right. Ryan and Michelle spot Murray sitting on the curb with the doll and go over. Murray tells them to go away and the doll hisses at them. She climbs into the ambulance with her father and it leaves. But I also think it. no one is like, oh, who are these strangers talking to the girl? Yeah, considering that the, all of these neighbours are out on their uh, lawns watching everything that's going on. Yeah, the police are there and the ambulance crew. No mm-hmm. one's bothered that there's complete strangers just hanging around the girl. At the hospital, the husband sits at his wife's bedside when she wakes. Where's Murray? she asks, panicking. Almost as good as the way that I did it then. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. The husband thinks that she needs a doctor and steps out to find one. <laughs> did Did you notice the cartoonish uh, way that her mother just had a bandage wrapped around, <laughs> wrapped around her head? Yes, yeah. Because <laughs> she's had a fall. All right, and that's what you do. You just yes. put a bandage around the head. Bandage around the head, yes. Yep. Murray, who's been sitting in the corner, looks down at the doll. Kill her. Quick, it hisses. So Murray takes the doll over to her mother, who is now utterly terrified, and she presses the doll 
onto her mother. They struggle a bit, and then she dies. I. This is. I mean, it's obvious at this point they really don't know how to film the doll killing anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Because it just looks like she's hugging the doll and holding it. <laughs> I, I'm assuming that she dies of fright. I guess. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing that works. <laughs> yeah, there's no other reason. I mean, it's it's pretty bad. You can't even say that the doll's suffocating her because it's not really over her face, is it? No. No, and it doesn't, like, cut her like no. it did with the mechanic. No, no. She just, she just like, rolls a bit with it and then it, she dies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll go with Fright. I think Fright's the... Because she's quite scared. All right, we'll go with that. The husband comes back to find his wife dead. He didn't find a doctor, obviously. And Murray goes back to her seat with the doll laughing and giggling to herself. So, no, nobody's monitoring this woman's vitals? No no crash crew come in as soon as the flatline hits then? Nothing? Nothing at all? Well, she wasn't attached to anything. They didn't expect her to die. I'm, I thought she was attached to a, to a monitor. Oh, no, you're right. I remember now seeing the finger. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, no. We don't, we're not doing that. No. No. <laughs> it would involve more actors. Exactly, that's another extra you've got to pay. <sighs> yeah, screw that. We're on a shoestring as it is. Yeah. Later, Ryan and Michelle arrive at the hospital, and a nurse tells them what happened. Michelle is really scared. She wants to get Jack. But Ryan points out that they can't as he's out looking into his crystal ball or something. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if it just cuts a jack drunk out of his mind with his pants around his head? <laughs> he's, he's, he's just in a bar somewhere, hammered. <laughs> he's just, just riding a giant crystal ball, yeah. <laughs> run, running on top of it. <laughs> yeah, he, he tells them that he's a, he's a wizard and he can do all this stuff. Really, just, uh, you know, it's... it's, it's um, it's Just Happy Monday it or something. Yeah. yeah. He's like a second-rate conjurer. Yeah, yeah. That would be funny. That would be something. Just children's parties. It cost him he's at a children's <laughs> party doing balloon animals. <laughs> yeah, that's how he's going to fight the, uh, the demonic uh, possessed antiques. He pulls out a big bendy balloon. Yeah, that'll work. Well, it, it would be something. Yeah. So Murray's father leaves his daughter with a friendly neighbour while he goes out to make funeral arrangements. Inside, Murray's introducing all her stuffed toys to the devil doll, and the neighbour sits nearby listening. She kind of feels sorry, sorry for her, I guess. I guess, but at no point does the father notice that his daughter doesn't really care less that his wife has died. No, no, he doesn't. No. But then he's not even noticed that this doll's alive, so... Yeah, that's true, yeah. Murray then demands more cookies and won't take no for an answer. Reluctantly, the neighbour brings them and Murray snatches them away. The woman thinks Murray should take a nap, but Murray just wants... Yes, she... Murray's not napping after all this sugar. No, no, sugar and murder. Keep you up all night, that will. Sugar and Murder. That's a good book. <laughs> that would make a great 70s detective series, wouldn't it? Yeah, Death in a Bakery. <laughs> but Murray just wants the woman to go away. Get out of my house, Murray screams. You know what to do, Murray, whispers the doll. Actually, she doesn't need to do anything. The doll does it. 
<laughs> that is true. The dog could do all you, this without you, Murray, couldn't it? You know what to do. What's that? Bugger all. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Never mind. Forget I even talk to you. Is the doll suddenly from Sheffield? It would be good if the doll was like doing all those voices now and went, Oh, bloody hell, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, blimey. Gah. Again, that would be something. Hmm. The neighbour steps back in alarm as vinyl records begin to fly off the shelves, hitting her in the face. Vinyl records? I thought I'd specify what they were, because if I just said records... Oh. They're like files. Yeah, you know, you never know. You never know. Okay. No. Uh, right. Outside, Michelle and Ryan arrive. Back inside, the woman's face has been cut by the records. Well, you could call them killer tracks, I suppose. Anyway, when the stuffed doll suddenly makes no, a... No, 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 give me a second. I need to find that tumbleweed sound. <laughs> when the doll suddenly makes a stuffed giraffe and a tiger move by themselves, attacking the woman. You can picture, can't you, the people underneath the camera <laughs> moving these things, going... <laughs> well, don't think they had to make the sound, Paul. I'm not sure that's how it I works. I bet they did, though. Oh, and the heads yeah. are like, rah, 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 take that. This is the best job I've My ever had. will get you. Yeah. <laughs> Baby. She staggers back, and a skipping rope wraps itself around her neck. Speed it up, if I'm not mistaken as well. Yes, I believe you're not mistaken. Yes. <laughs> Don't, you did see that a lot in, very, uh, in uh, this era of uh, film or television. It was kind of a, a throwback to the 60s. Don't you think? Do you think that's what they were going for? Yeah. I think, well, we've sort of speeded up a lot in the 80s and 90s. We don't seem to see it anymore. Actually, you're saying that. That's true. Didn't we see it in Knight Rider? Yes. The car speeded up a lot in Knight Rider, isn't it? And I've seen it in Earwolf a lot. Okay. All right. So maybe it was a thing of the time as well then. Michelle and Ryan hear the commotion and he picks the lock to get inside. Murray, smiling, steps out of a door and heads out as the cupboard crashes down onto the choking woman. Michelle and Ryan find the woman, as all the toys mysteriously go back to their previous position, so at least the doll's cleaning up after itself. Yeah, yeah. Although they're going to have to put a warning on the Nikea bookstore. Not suitable for demonic possession. Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Ryan calls for an ambulance, as Michelle sees Murray in a nearby playground and runs out to her. Murray is menacingly moving back and forth on a swing as Michelle approaches. How do you menacingly move back and forth on a swing? uh, She's a freaky child. She is weird, this kid, isn't she? That's interesting. So if you have uh, a child on a Mm -hmm. swing, and maybe if you played the right music, that's menacing. But let's say you had Ming the Merciless... (laughs) Who is a villain on a swing, moving back and forth. Would that also be frightening? If you played the right music, possibly, yes. So you think if you saw Ming, the mm-hmm. Merciless, on a swing, swinging back and forth, and it was a certain type of music, you'd be like, oh, that's scary. If it was a certain type of music and you lit it the right way, yes. Even you would be. All right, I'm not sure I'm convinced, but I'll go okay. with it. And as far as children are concerned, they are quite... Death Vader. Oh, that obviously. Death Vader on a swing, Definitely. moving back Anything and forth. Anything on a swing, moving back and forth with the right music could be menacing. 
anything. anything. Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> You'd have to get him on the swing first, but okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you don't see that bit. His, like, his, his lackeys do that before you arrive. <laughs> anything. Yes, anything. 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 Yeah. Marshmallow Man. Well, I mean, uh, you're telling me that... Uh, it, at certain times at the end of Ghostbusters that the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man doesn't look slightly disturbing. Mm, on a swing. Well, if he looks disturbing when he's walking around, he's going to look disturbing on a swing, isn't he? I think I think the swing negates the disturbing. Perhaps I just, perhaps I just uh, have a problem with swings. Yeah, maybe it's just a swing that you have. Like Metal Mickey. Metal Mickey could be... On in a the swing. Right, in, under the right conditions, Metal Mickey on a swing could be scary, yes. Yes. Okay. Tweaky. Well, no, you could just kick him off, couldn't you? Biddy, biddy, biddy. All right. Well, listen, that was a that was a that was an interesting aside there. Thank you. All right. Um, uh, I was just right. curious. Okay. Skeletor. Oh, Skeletor! Absolutely. Can you imagine <laughs> on a swing. On the on the swing, doing that. Hmm. All right, now, you, now you've done... I didn't know Skeletor did Dolphin impressions. <laughs> very, oh, weird. That's a part of him I just... I just He's very know. versatile. Hmm. Very versatile actor, Skeletor. Yeah. Lots of strings okay. to his bow. Yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> At first, Michelle tries the nice tactic, but Murray's having none of it. She gets off the swing and holds out the doll. It hisses, and the swings move, just narrowly missing Michelle. Cobra Commander. Oh yeah, I mean he's 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 quite disturbing anyway, isn't he? He's it, sort of, he you can't see his face on, yeah, a, swing. on a swing. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. All right. You, you, you got any more? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. But, okay. But wait. <laughs> <laughs> Murray then climbs up a slide, and flames erupt from a climbing frame nearby. Not sure why this happens. No, it's like there's suddenly this doll has killed everybody that it's hated, and now suddenly it's killing things next to the person yeah. that it hates. Yeah, it's branching out. Yeah, but it's it's just missing. <laughs> just get, just go with it. You're thinking about it too much. Next, Murray and the doll make a swing ball hit Michelle on the side of the head. That, I I did chuckle at that bit. That did make me laugh. You, you, yeah, yeah. Okay. Murray then jumps onto a roundabout, going faster and faster. Michelle jumps on too, begging Murray to give her the doll. The speed increases. A wind begins. The skies darken. There's a menacing clap of thunder. Ryan runs over and jumps onto the roundabout, struggling with Murray for the doll. How will this end? Will the doll finally come to life, spewing fire from its eyes, burying wooden teeth into Ryan's arm as it laughs a bloody cry of demonic rage? No, Ryan just snatches the doll and Murray falls off the roundabout and everything returns to normal. Well, that was uh, worthwhile, wasn't it? That was it. Yeah. 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 Oof. Yeah. So, I like, I like endings when they're uh, climatic and giant, you know, big, epic Unlike endings. this one. Yeah. Although, your description of it being a roundabout was a bit weird. That's what I call them. What would you oh, call is it? Them? No, no, roundabout's okay. fine. Right. I'm just Googling roundabouts and it just appears to be islands <laughs> in the middle of road systems. 
very well. Which is a very different ending where they're just running round in the middle of the road. I don't know why. I've always called them roundabouts. I don't know what else to call it. I mean, magic roundabout. Exactly. That's a roundabout. So I think okay, you're fine. You. You're fine. Yeah. yeah. Murray's crying and clutching her arm. Michelle runs over, scoops her up and kisses her cheek. I'm sorry, but fuck that. Oh, you won't, you won't kiss her? No, she deserves all she got. It's a little strange, though, that they're, like, hugging and kissing this girl and, like, the neighbours are like, hold on, who's this person? Of? We, I, but we've established the neighbours only come out when it's relevant. That's true, yeah. Also, we don't see how this is all explained. What, like, to the police later? Yeah, because it's a dead person. Uh, no, no, the, the, no, she didn't die, did she? She was still alive when Ryan f- phoned for the ambulance. She was gurgling. Oh, but she's still got to explain it. There's still got to be an investigation. Yeah, but no one would believe it, would they? I suppose not. Mm. But they are going to ask, why are these two strangers here? And then just stole a doll away from a crying child. Yeah, which is what people... If people looked out your window, would be like, why? There's two adults, like, beating up a little girl and stealing her doll. Mm-hmm. And why has it suddenly got windy and dark? Chicago That's is the windy odd. city, as you pointed out, so there is that. Yeah, not the dark city, though. <laughs> no, that's something else. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this happens a lot in Chicago. Apologies to any listeners that we might have in Chicago. <laughs> just just people stealing dolls. Stealing dolls, you know, jumping on roundabouts. Massive weather changes. Yeah, all the time. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Later at the shop, Jack locks away the doll in the vault, explaining that cursed objects can't actually be destroyed. So, sitting on fire, it doesn't destroy, doesn't destroy the doll. It, no. it doesn't burn. No, I guess not. It's impervious to flame. I guess so. Yes. Okay. Mm. All right. What do you think is going to happen to Murray? asks Michelle. A good shrink ought to be able to fix her up. In about 20 years, replies Ryan. That's all right. Did then. you laugh? She should be. She should. No. <laughs> But she should be all right about now, right? <laughs> I think it's been longer than 20. Yeah, she's fine She's then. fine. Later, yeah. Michelle is talking with her fiancé on the phone, explaining that she needs to stay here for a while. Well, I guess that relationship's over. Sounds like it. I mean, no great loss, no. though. What, who, which, for, for who? Her or him? Either, yeah. depending on which one you, you liked. I guess so. What, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Ryan suggests changing the name of the shop and Jack suggests Curious Goods how are they planning on running a business with no stock I mean they can't carry on selling the antiques can they because they're all cursed oh, and their idea is to steal the objects from that have been previously yeah. sold from people so there's no money coming into no. this place unless they suddenly get an influx of uh, spinners or something spinners. to sell on the side <laughs> Well, the folk music band from the 70s. Exactly, yeah, just albums of it. Oh, these crates, tons of these albums. What are they? The Spinners. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a very niche, very niche joke there. I, I, I thought with these finger gadgets you put on, they spit. No, no. <laughs> Made a mistake. Okay. Ordering these. This means we have to. Oh, turns out the Spinners albums are haunted. Oh, my God, no. Haunted Spinners. Yeah, can't even sell mm. those. This means that we have to get back everything Uncle Lewis sold, groans Michelle. 
Oh, almost like we were hoping for sales. Where do we begin? Suddenly, Jack looks up from his newspaper. Oh my God! He exclaims. Samantha Fox. Well, that did. That probably did make you exclaim quite a lot back then, Colin. I would imagine. Not as much as Linda Lasardi. Oh yeah, you were always a Lasardi. Yeah, I I nearly said you were a Lasardi girl. You weren't a girl, were you? (laughs) You you were. Oh hell no. Oh, dear me. Uh, how do we explain that one, then? Um, and that's the end of Friday the 13th, the series. So, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> strap in. What, what, what did you think of it? So, I didn't have very high hopes going into this. I should point out that I've never seen this before. I, I wasn't interested when it originally heard. And I've never bothered to mm-hmm. check it out since. It wasn't as terrible as I thought it would be. Okay. But it's still crap. That surprises me. All right, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I can't believe it actually managed three seasons. I think that's a shock to most people when they find that out. The thing is that the main characters, they're just uncharismatic. Mm-hmm. They can't act. There's just nothing to pull you in. I don't get what people see in it. Maybe you can tell me. The effects are awful. Plot makes no sense whatsoever. And admittedly, the version I saw wasn't visually the greatest. But it also is unappealing to look at. Mm -hmm. So I didn't like the people... Didn't like the story. Didn't like the effects. We'll never watch it again. In 70-odd episodes that we've done, I think this is the worst thing we have ever seen. Mm -hmm. Also, I should point out, it's the shortest, but still felt like the longest thing I've ever seen. Oh, it's just awful. Okay. I don't get it. So, so, So it's not a hit, then? It's garbage. I would happily pay money to transfer every episode to film so I could wipe my ass on it. <laughs> Strong words there. All right. So, so for me, it it's so much amiss. I, okay. I can't even describe it. No, this is not for me. And if you tell me you like this, this is the last <laughs> episode of Retrospection. I hope you enjoyed the, the podcast. Okay, well... Out. So, so let's see. Let's see whether this ends. This ends not only a podcast but a friendship. Can't, can't I like it without it being a hit? No, that's not the point. We, you, no, we've had that a hit before. Or a miss. All right, I'll tell you what I think. All right, I'll tell you. What you I think, think it's an odd. It's an odd little show. Um, it's cheap, incredibly cheap. It looks like it was shot on that terrible videotape that lots of these kind of shows from that time were. It looks like the type of video I used to buy from Dixon's for £2 and got 10, yes. 10 180s. Yes. And you used to record things on, uh, was it like three times the, 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 the speed or something? So yeah. you could fit like yep. three, three. Yeah. Um, its performances range from amateurish to just plain annoying. Oh, yeah, they're awful. Now, I like anthology horror, and 
this is essentially that with an overarching sort of story where they have to go and collect. And, I, and bear in mind, I've I've seen all of this. I, I own this. Yeah. Okay? You, you, wait, what? I own this. I own all three seasons of this. I bought this. Because it has a, a certain nostalgia factor for me, this. Okay. Thank you for listening to the very last episode <laughs> of Retrospection. Um, stay, go, come on, stay with me, stay with me. But but you say but yeah. it's anthology, but it's not it's not an anthology. It's just an episodic TV show that we used to get in the eighties. Yes, we. But it, it every it's an anthology in the way that that I suppose a detective show it does that thing where where you have the two people that go and investigate something and then they have to but then you get another uh, overarching story yeah like and, x-files or Erwolf with his yeah, brother being a pow yeah, yeah. that kind of thing and, and even the a-team with him running from the law yeah yeah um it reminds me a lot of those kind of amicus movies that i like um from beyond the grave and um the episodes, and I've seen, I've seen all of this. The episodes range from bad, really bad, to utterly bonkers. You know, um, we have an episode with a with a with a vampire cloak that lets you travel in time. Why? Who knows? It, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't mind bonkers. I just need characters that I like or get something from. Like a lot of shows where you watch the pilot, they do improve as it goes on. Mm. Um, okay. They they find they find a little bit of a groove as it as it progresses, and and I think that probably comes down to the fact that the 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 people making the show realised what the strengths and the weaknesses of of the lead actors were, and wrote around it. Okay, but in, you know in fairness I mean. to something you said in a previous podcast, I think it was the cat size ones, I can only go off what I've seen, and that's this episode. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and we've, we've had episodes where you've seen further on in shows than I have, mm-hmm. like, cat, like Cat Size. You yeah. Know? Um, unfortunately, Cat Size was a far better first episode than what this is. Yeah. Um, having said all that, it's not a hit. And I know it's bad. I know it's a bad show. So it's one of those weird ones where I can put an episode on and I can laugh at it and enjoy it and get a kick out of the nostalgia factor of it. But in my heart, I know it's terrible. So it's not a hit, but I own it and I like it. For all the wrong reasons. Well, I've never been more disappointed in a person. I'm sure I'll disappoint you even more at some point. So don't worry about that. No. Well, that's fair <laughs> enough. It's a good. It's a good. I, I understand where you're coming from. Ah, oh, okay. That's a surprising end to this episode. It's our shock ending for our Halloween special. But, yeah, do we have to go or something? Yeah, that's what I have. Alright, I've done it now. Well, thank you for listening. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you download this podcast and join us for our next episode. But until that time, goodbye. Bye.